Welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to quickly share with you guys that if you are interested in receiving exclusive monthly bonus content, you can become a member of The V-Hive by going to www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. Not only will you unlock access to healthy recipes, ask me anything episodes, and so much more, but you will also be helping to support this podcast. So check out our membership options at www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. Today, I am here with Hannah Dillon. Hannah is a sacred sexuality coach. She helps men and women have sexy, juicy, and healthy relationships by helping them clear sexual shame and heal from their past, which is really become the premise of this podcast is just how to live your sexiest, healthiest, happiest life and heal from all of the past crap that we have to heal from as human beings in this world. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be here. And it's so funny for everyone listening because we went to high school together and I mean, haven't spoken probably in like I don't know, eight years or something. Well, you were older than me, but um, everything has come full circle now, which is really cool. And it's always so interesting to see what, you know, everyone you knew when you were younger is now doing with their life and how, you know, finding people that, that relate to what you're doing and reconnecting. It's very cool. So I'm happy to have you here. Tell everyone listening today more about who you are and what you do and and how you got so involved in this space. I'm curious to hear because I have no idea. I haven't spoken to you in so long, but how did you get so involved in all of this work? Because what you're doing is amazing. Mm, Well, thank you so much for that. Um, I would say it's definitely been a journey. Um, I would say it started maybe, let's say like four years ago. Um, I was in a relationship and I, to be honest, like I knew I was having like decent sex, but I knew that that there was just more for me. Um, You know, our communication was okay, but I found myself struggling with how to communicate like A, my desires, speaking my truth, and really like fully stepping into my power. And I noticed that I would give my power away a lot in relationships. So I would say definitely started with my own healing journey of why am I giving my power away and why is it so hard for me to um, feel really relaxed and really safe in the bedroom with somebody? Mm -hmm. Um, I always considered myself, you know, a sensual kind of free spirit, but there was a part of me that actually felt kind of trapped. And I also, you know, would experience pain sometimes during sex. So I really wanted to just dive deep into my own journey and 
through, you know, my own discovery, my own trainings, hiring my own mentors and taking courses, um, I just saw that, you know, any time that in the past I either gave my body away or didn't fully honor my boundary, it actually got stored in my body as trauma. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I just dove deeper into the work and realized that like I wasn't alone in this and how many women and men really wanted to heal from sexual shame and sexual guilt. This is so interesting. And I just want to say that it's, I mean, nothing's a coincidence, but mm-hmm. I literally just got off the phone 40 minutes ago with my therapist and that's exactly I mean, not exactly what we were talking about mm-hmm. but pretty much exactly what we were talking about in this but also in a greater sense and I think that sexuality and pleasure and relationships and communication in that aspect is a huge a huge thing but like yes. I was talking about it in the sense of not even being able to say what you want in other situations in life, big or small, and like, why are you unable to? Like, why am I scared to say certain things that aren't bad? It's just, oh, I feel this way, or I want that, or I don't want this. And like, with you know, because I fear that that either I'll be judged, or I'll be annoying, or it's an right. inconvenience. And it relates so much so to the bedroom and self-pleasure, sex with a partner, being able to say what you want and what you need and why and when and how and who and it's all so closely related so yeah it's 100 percent. and you know what just came through when you were sharing that is um exactly what you just said you know the reason why people have such fear around being so vulnerable and really speaking their truth is usually because they're operating from something that happened out of the past, Mm -hmm. whether they actually did get rejected or, you know, their partner left them or their parent abandoned them when they were young. So the work that I do is I actually, um, really help people address the core wounds that all humans experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll just share the wounds really quickly. So their rejection, abandonment, betrayal, humiliation, and believing that you're separate from God or the universe, you know, whatever you connect with. And so when I take a look at these core wounds with somebody, we realize that the, it, the wounds get trapped in our system, like actually in our cells, in our bodies. And so that's why that's, you know, can lead to physical ailments and blocks um, sexually or romantically, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. It's so interesting. And I, as I mentioned before, we started recording, but a lot of the content that I've been having on the podcast is related to stored trauma and, and how that can quite literally create pain. And, you know, on this podcast, we talk about pelvic pain, vaginal pain, bladder pain, um, and kind of all other sorts of pain as well. But it's all really related to sexual issues. And I think that that's a big theme with women who have these traumas and repressed emotions and you know past rejections and all of the things that you just mentioned we store it in our most sacred area because Mm -hmm. we're women and that's unfortunately what comes with the terror fortunate fortunately (laughs) but unfortunately yes yes exactly so you have these courses that you offer people which i want you to talk about and just share a little bit more about really 
you know, what, what it meet, what this means, these courses awaken your pleasure and awaken your divine masculine, which is incredible because not only do you help women, but you help men as well. What do you do with these clients and how do you more specifically help them through these challenges? Definitely. So primarily my work right now is um, one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. I work with both men and women in usually a three three to six month container. Um, And what this looks like is really taking a look at all of their past history, um, you know, their relationship to sex, their relationship to their own masturbation, or I like to call it self-pleasure, and then their relationships in general, because what I find is that it really is all interconnected. And the work that I do is, I I call it kind of multi-layered and multifaceted. So I I take a holistic approach with people, meaning we don't just take a look at, okay, how good is your sex life, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, I really take a look at um, what wounds are the heaviest for each person and how do we address them getting to the root of where they came from. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of inner child healing as well. And I usually discover and find with people that um, you know their first experiences of sex, there was maybe a small energy of guilt attached to it, or if they got caught watching porn and they were shamed for it, you know, they, they, people carry that with them throughout the rest of their lives. Um, not always knowing that it's kind of a subconscious energy that they're holding and that they can transfer into their relationships. That's so So, interesting. Yeah. So when people work with me, um, like I said, it's multi-layered and, and the results that my clients get is they start to, really embody their confidence in a different way and they start to know they learn how to cultivate their own sexual energy Um, I even teach like manifestation work with your sexual energy which is so awesome and powerful and you know I know we were just talking before we got on the podcast how you you were mentioning like I love your beach life that you have Mm -hmm. and I have to say is you know through a lot of manifestation tools that I've used, I used my self-pleasure practice and orgasmic release to actually manifest this life that I'm currently living. Mm-hmm. Which might that? sound a little out there for some people, um, but it, it's, it is even like scientifically proven. And at the end, maybe I'll share some resources that people can look up. Mm-hmm. But it's because your sexual energy is creative life force energy. And it's the most powerful energy that humans hold and my work is about teaching people that it's actually healthy and we have kind of, you know, a distorted view on what it really is in our society. This is fascinating. There's like 10 million <laughs> things that I want to ask I you. I know that was a lot. <laughs> oh my God, no, it was great. The first thing that I want to ask you, is, well, I want to talk about really is that this was the, one of the first things that you said was we all you know, I don't want to say we all, but a lot of us probably had either a shameful sexual experience early on in our life or, you know, got caught watching porn. Or I also think that a lot of us grew up with more traditional parents who were like, you only have sex when you're in a relationship with someone who's very, 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 very special. And I I know that's how I grew up. And I think Mm -hmm. that that kind of has an effect in the sense that then Mm. you think that sex and masturbation and pleasure and all of 
these things are something that are in a sense not I don't want to say like frowned upon but can only happen under certain circumstances or are only okay under certain circumstances but that does carry into the okay circumstances where then you still have that subconscious feeling and thoughts of like I'm doing something that you know I was once told might not be okay Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a really interesting point because, I mean, I would really go as far to say that all of us have experienced that in one form or another. And to ask you how we work through that is, you know, hours of coaching and not just one (laughs) podcast episode. But if you had to kind of touch upon that in a few minutes, how, how, like, what would be the advice that you could give to someone listening as to how they could work through that? Hmm. It's a really good question. I'm tuning in to see, you know, what, what, if someone is listening to this, who, you know, knows that there is a part of them that, um, either blocks themselves off from their pleasure, um, you know, has, let's say like, okay, sex, but knows there's a next level or even, you know, views self-pleasure as like, dirty, bad, and wrong. Cause that's a lot of the women who mm-hmm. come to me, they, they're like, I feel dirty about it. And that just breaks my heart. And what I would share is that, that we, you, the person listening gets to access so much patience for themselves and be so gentle in their process. And what that could look like is starting off with just some really gentle, sensual touch on your arm or, you know, just caressing your leg, um, caressing your neck and getting naked and looking at yourself in the mirror and just noticing what comes up, noticing if you're not accepting the way that you look, noticing the judgment or criticism that might, you know, show up and really starting with that deep desire of self-love And from there, that's what can start to open up the pathway to your pleasure. Starting small, essentially. Like it doesn't need to Mm -hmm. be self-pleasure all the time, every day, if that's Mm -hmm. not what you're comfortable with at first. But it can just be, as you said, the smaller things, like showing your body more love and affection in small ways. Yes, exactly. And when it comes to, because I think self-pleasure is one thing, but then when it comes to being in a relationship and having a partner, you know, if you carry that shameful energy into the bedroom with someone else, I think not only does it affect you, but it affects them. Mm -hmm. And that in turn can affect the relationship quite profoundly so yeah how what would be your advice as to how someone could also not only work through this on their own and and with their own pleasure but in a relationship and with someone else Mm, because sorry one other thing I want to add in there is I think a lot of times we it's easier to blame the other person and to say like my partner doesn't do this doesn't do that I want them to do this I want them to do that but I think that the bigger thing is really you not either knowing what you want or being able to say what you want yes yes Mm -hmm. Ah, 
like just lights me up. (laughs) So I would say there's a few things that came to mind. Um, One was when you were first asking me about, you know, one partner bringing some shame into the bedroom and not knowing how to communicate and how it would obviously affect the dynamic of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So there's a few things with that. Um, One is safety. So this is something that a lot of my clients come to me and they realize on a very deep level, they don't feel 100% safe with their partners. Um, a lot of women, you know, just from past traumas, they don't feel safe with the masculine energy. So I work a lot with masculine and feminine dynamics, which maybe I'll go into later. Mm -hmm. Um, but the masculine energy, like it is so important to have that full transparency and safety with your partner, because when you have that, you will be able to share anything that you need to. And that does not mean that fear, anxiety, or worry won't come up. They will come up, but you, it's about having that self-awareness and then also having confidence in yourself of, I deserve to experience the pleasure that I want to. And in order for me to do that, I get to learn tools how to communicate that effectively with my partner and that's a lot of the work that I teach Mm -hmm. because I know from my past there were so many times where you know I wanted my partner to try something different or I didn't like that or it didn't feel good and I just let it happen because I had too much fear I didn't want to hurt his feelings I didn't want to emasculate him right yeah so I would say for each partner it's about building the confidence in yourself to know that you are safe to express what you need to in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I also think having conversations about sex when it's not happening with your partner is super important as well. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, then there's some inner work that gets to be done within yourself and in the relationship. Would you say that if you are uncomfortable having these conversations would one of the important steps be almost to just like do it just rip the band-aid off have the conversation Mm -hmm. if you can if you are able to force yourself to like vocalize how you feel and then it just becomes easier and easier each time or are there like things that you have to do to work up to being able to have the conversation Mm. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I would say, well, the first thing is I'm such a stand and a kind of a proponent for um, women having their own pleasure practice, Mm -hmm. even when they're in a relationship um, for multiple reasons. And one being they get to learn their own body. And so if self-pleasure, like, freaks a woman out still or it's just not in her practices it's not really in her life um I would really you know take a ask this ask my client or ask whoever I'm talking to let's take a look at what has you you know not commit to that what has you block yourself off so you know I guess you know I guess you're asking about the stepping stones Mm -hmm. of what does it take for someone to bring these conversations to a partner Um, It takes healing your own inner 
stuff essentially yeah. yeah your your wounds about the reason why we don't share something is because a we're gonna we make up we're afraid that we're gonna get rejected mm-hmm. uh we're afraid that you know they're not gonna accept us we're afraid they might abandon us and i see for women they don't fully trust themselves yeah. so when women aren't fully trusting themselves of course it's going to be challenging to speak your truth and speak something that needs to come up and it's absolutely a practice so it's not just like a a one and done thing i would say there's different aspects of doing the inner work on yourself so you do feel safe to communicate that's so interesting does that make sense totally and i think especially what you said about trusting yourself like if you don't trust yourself how is anyone else going to trust you? Like if you aren't powerful in your own feelings and your own words and you don't have the confidence to express how you feel and, and trust yourself, like your partner's then not not going to trust what you have to say about yourself. So mm-hmm. you're right. It completely, it completely comes from working on that individually first. Yes. Yeah, 100%. The second thing that I wanted to ask you is about the you touched upon how I don't remember exactly how you worded it but essentially Mm -hmm. that you can manifest through things and in your life and your world through self-pleasure yeah that was interesting elaborate on that (laughs) yes I would love to so okay so when you are kind of amping up your own sexual energy, as I mentioned. That was the word, um, sexual energy. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So so sexual energy is equivalent to life force creative energy. And what that means is um, think about how, you know, every single human being was birthed, right? It was through the act of sex. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, um, sexual energy of course there's like sperm and you know all of that but on an energetic and spiritual level sexual energy can create a human body sexual energy can create life inside of a woman's womb right Mm -hmm. so if you are having intercourse and having sex and you use that energy with intention Think about it, even on a logical sense. Think about the intention that comes behind sexual energy. So I love using my pleasure practice, and I don't have any sexual partners now, but when I'm with a partner, I like to invite them into, let's send an intention for this, you know, sexual experience we're about Mm -hmm. to have. And sometimes I'll even be as, I'll say, you know, my intention is I want to open up my creativity more. I'm feeling kind of blocked or my intention is I want to connect deeper to, you know, your heart and your soul. Um, my partner might say, you know, my intention is to manifest more money this week. Mm -hmm. And so we'll create that intention together and bring both of our physical bodies, energetic bodies together, um, through, through the lovemaking with intentionality. I mean, in terms of your life and as, as we said, um, for everyone that, that doesn't, you know, isn't familiar with you or where you live, what you, you know, mm-hmm. hasn't, doesn't follow your life on Instagram and your work and everything, but you, you know, post a lot about how you've manifested your own situation and where you live and you live on the beach in Florida. And I think it's really 
cool to hear how a lot of this wasn't just quote unquote manifested through which I don't not that you know meditation or journaling like all of those things I do and and I encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to do and I think are really important but it's really cool to hear how you can also manifest your life through your sexuality Mm -hmm. I've never yeah Right. It's pretty remarkable. It is. And it, I remember when I first started hearing about this and it just, you know, it really kind of threw me back. I was mm-hmm. like, huh, like, yeah. what are they even talking about? So if, you know, if any listeners out there are like, oh, this girl's full of shit or whatever, like I was totally there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do all, you know, I do different types of practices. I, I journal, I meditate, you know, I'm an avid yogi for almost a decade. So this is, you know, one of my practices that I have found to be like, if not the most, one of the most powerful for, you know, creative flow, for manifestation, for confidence, for clearing my own limiting beliefs. And, you know, years ago, I really had this vision of, I get to have a place on the water where I have, you know, just my sanctuary and I can go to the water in between clients wake up watch the sunrise and it's almost hard like it's not hard to believe but I'm like wow like I'm I'm living that right now and of course there's always a next level that you know I desire to create but even just sitting here in in my new room that I recently moved into I'm like wow like I did it and I truly truly just know I'm very intuitive that like because I committed to my self-pleasure practice and healed a lot of the shame and the guilt that I was holding around sexuality. Um, I truly believe that that was a big, I call it an energy leak that I kind of cleaned up mm. in order to be where I am today. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to actually now take this one step for, I mean, I have so many more questions for you, but I want yes, to take this please. specific thing one step further. So if someone is listening to this and they are like, okay, this is really pretty freaking cool how mm-hmm. do I implement manifestation through my self-pleasure practice? Like, how do I actually do that? What does it look like? And, mm-hmm. you know, it can be for so many things. It can even, I think, I mean, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast have chronic pain, but, mm. you know, so whether it's for chronic pain or whether it's for the place in the world that you want to live or the career you want to have or the amount of money that you want to have or your relationship with yourself or others whatever it is like how does someone use their own pleasure practice to manifest I would say I can definitely answer um I can answer this like a part of it Mm -hmm. and um in order for someone to get like the full you know, juiciness of it, it definitely takes time more one-on-one work. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say it's, um, so before you're, you know, about to like start your pleasure practice is you set an intention, um, just like you would set an intention in your yoga class. So you can just, you know, literally say to yourself like, okay, I want to create the intention, um, that this pleasure practice is going to open up possibilities for me to, you know, call in more money this week, or this pleasure practice is going to, you know, bring me closer to that dream apartment that I know I have in my vision. And you can kind of 
bring that to mind maybe throughout your practice if you will Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing is um there's two things one is I always say your pleasure practice does not have to lead to an orgasm Mm -hmm. if you're having if you are masturbating with only the intention to orgasm like you're missing out on a lot of the experience and the intimacy that's possible for you um so that's something I go a little bit deeper into my one-on-one work and then the other thing is when you do have an orgasm, you bring to mind what it is that you want to manifest and you use the orgasmic energy, um, in like coincide with your vision and with what you are wanting to call in. Mm -hmm. And then there's visuals that you can do, um, to kind of like open, open up your channel even deeper, which again is, it takes a little more time to go deeper into that. But that's like the the big picture of it, I, I would say. So it's interesting that you bring up the importance of not just focusing on the orgasm, but mm-hmm. the journey there. And yeah. I, you know, I know that with self-pleasure and, and when you're having sex with a partner, I think a lot of us are so focused on just orgasming and like, when is it going to happen? What do I have to do to get it to happen? And you miss out on everything else. We've been conditioned, I think, I believe, to kind of think that the point is the orgasm. And obviously there are a lot of benefits to orgasms and it feels good Mm -hmm. and there's health benefits and there's a lot of good stuff that comes with an orgasm but as you said it's not the only good part I want you to talk more about that and kind of just share why why it's so important to focus not only on that yeah this is so so huge Mm -hmm. and like you said, we have absolutely been programmed and conditioned that um, we have to get somewhere in sex, in masturbation. Um, And of course, like orgasms are amazing, right? Mm -hmm. They're awesome. And sometimes like, sometimes you will want to just like have a quick orgasm and get on with your day. But I would say majority of the time, the reason why it, um, it alters your experience is because when you're trying to rush to get somewhere, like even, you know, giving you an analogy of, you know, you're trying to rush to get to work, right. And you're Mm -hmm. in the car and you're just trying to like go super fast and cut people off. Like it, it might save you, let's say 45 seconds or a minute, but when you're tensed up in your body in the car, right. Like it just creates this like fight or flight, energy going through your nervous system and that's the same thing that can happen with orgasm especially if you're stuck in the mind so much of my work is helping people get deeper into presence and dropped into their body Mm -hmm. because when you're stuck in the mind of oh when is it going to happen or it's not happening yet or you're trying to force an orgasm out like your body will tense up more often than not. And I know because it's happened to myself, it happens to my clients where you're trying to like squeeze it out almost and you're trying to (laughs) tense your body up and you're not experiencing the full 
beautiful, relaxed state of climax that's possible for you. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage people, like, the more you slow down, even during sex, like, you know, I do something called, I teach my clients something called, like, breath work during sex, where, you know, if you feel like you're getting tired out or, like, the energy is depleting a little bit, you literally stop with your partner and... Um, if you're, you know, having intercourse with a man and a woman and the man is still inside you, you can do breath work with them and like take really deep breaths together to build the energy back up, which is something that, you know, I've when I heard about it, I'm like, that's really weird. But now that I've experienced it, I'm like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it creates just that deeper connection with somebody. So you know, I always encourage people, like, if you're noticing that you're trying to rush to get somewhere, check in with yourself and do your best to slow down because that's really where, like, in the subtle sensations, in the slowness, that's where the depth of intimacy builds, which can lead to even more beautiful and healthy and relaxed orgasms. Like, a woman's body is supposed to be super relaxed when she's in orgasmic state Mm -hmm. and if she's tensed up she's missing out on what's possible for her and it could actually deplete her instead of re-energize her it makes so much sense and it's really interesting to hear that it is your body going into fight or flight response when you're just thinking about the end result you're thinking about the orgasm and you're not able to fully relax and enjoy the whole process your body yes. tenses up and then it just yeah makes you're everything. not fully present right you're not fully exactly exactly yeah I think another thing that relates closely to this that I also want to talk about with you today is how we can stop blaming ourselves because I think a lot of women blame themselves for a lot of things but um mm. one of them being you know, in regards to pleasure and sex with themselves or with a partner, I would say if we want to talk about specifically with a partner, blaming themselves for not coming fast enough or not pleasing their partner, maybe the way, I think it's more of their own beliefs of blaming themselves if their partner doesn't come or if you don't come. And I think working through the self-blame is also a really important step into, as you would call it, awakening your pleasure. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is also just so important and so key. And I, I work with many people, um, both men and women who feel that they are either a doing something wrong Mm. if their partner doesn't, you know, doesn't, finish and doesn't come um, or they make it about them and this is the real kind of sticky part that I feel puts pressure on the other person so I would say just in a general sense stereotypically it's not that uncommon for a man not to finish right Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more common for women not to have orgasms during intercourse at least and so I know both sides of the coin. One, um, you know, some some men, if they're going for a long time, it is harder, more challenging for them to 
um, fully ejaculate and, you know, have that release. And I, I had a, a female client once and she was making it about her and feeling like that she wasn't hot enough or she was, you know, he wasn't turned on by her enough if he wasn't finishing. Mm. And he would, you know, gently remind her like, no, it's not that. It's just when I go for a long time, it's harder for me to finish, but it doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And so when you make your, okay, so let's say when you're making your partner's orgasm about you that's the shift that I think gets to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's almost a paradox. So like me having an orgasm during intercourse with my partner um, has nothing to do with him, but it's beautiful when the man can please a woman, right? Like men, the masculine energy wants to naturally please a woman mm-hmm. and that's what turns him on. And so when he's not able to make her calm, he makes up, you know, it's a kill to their ego. And what I encourage men to remind them is that for a woman to have that release, because a lot of women have trouble orgasming, right? Especially with partners. I know that's been a big thing for me throughout my journey. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that's helped me is having, like I said earlier, so much safety and knowing that no matter what happens, my partner is there just to please me no matter what. And that he doesn't have to try and get me to come quicker, when a guy tells me, like, did you come yet? Or, you know, are you close? It's not bad, but it's like, I don't want to rush it. I can't rush it. Mm-hmm. In order for a woman's, I call it a yoni, which is the female vagina. Mm-hmm. Yoni is in Sanskrit. It's just, you know, a little more of a sacred term. Um, in order for a woman's yoni to be fully open and relaxed, it actually takes 45 minutes of foreplay and touch before full penetration and a lot of women don't realize that I would say like 30 minutes 30 minutes is okay but a full 45 is like that will be like the most relaxed a woman I think would ever feel and most people probably don't have foreplay for that long and not just sexual foreplay but even like energetic foreplay text messages throughout the day you know little little tiny things that build your energy up before you actually go into a lovemaking session. Mm, mm-hmm. So something else that came to mind while you were just talking is, you know, women, it takes women, I think generally longer to come than men. And I'm a big proponent of using toys in the bedroom. And I think that mm-hmm. it's something that can really elevate a woman's sexual experience with yeah. a partner and individually, but with a part let's talk about it with with a partner here um i think that women should be more more comfortable or should find ways to be more comfortable using toys in the bedroom in order to make their experience more pleasurable but the barrier that i want to hear your opinion on is how can women a feel comfortable enough that their partner's let's call it insecurity doesn't affect them but also how can women have the conversation with their partner that it's not a a toy isn't replacing them it's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. something that's being used in conjunction to elevate the overall experience yes yes it's a great question so i I think it's common yeah, yeah, definitely is. And so um, it for sure comes down to 
how confident a man feels in himself Mm. um and him just knowing who he is and that has nothing to do with him um I think you know I think toys can be great and playful and fun um and so for a woman to come to her partner and have this conversation it really gets to be about you know her simply telling him like look this is um you know I love, I love everything we do. And these toys just support my pleasure and enhance the experience for me. And just as you said, you know, it's, it's not taking away from our experience. It's actually just simply enhancing it. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with your performance. But if a man has not done work on himself, you know, his own combating his own ego, Mm. he he will take it personally, but that's not her responsibility to hold. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And I also, you know, I, um, so I actually teach in my work, it's a little off topic, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it goes hand in hand. Mm. I teach a lot in my work, um, about helping women actually detox from their vibrators. Mm. And this is interesting because, um, for, for a few reasons, like I, when I was younger and, you know, first started masturbating, like I, you know, first started learning about vibrators. I'm like, wow, this is so great. And I noticed I became kind of dependent on it. And what happened is it didn't really happen to me, but I know other women, they use their vibrator so much um, and it desensitizes our clitoris. And so when a man is now trying to pleasure you without a vibrator, you won't have as much sensation and it will be more challenging you for for you to have that orgasmic release. Mm. So again, I'm not against them at all, but I do want to just put into the space, like be mindful of, you know, if you notice that you can only have an orgasm through vibrator, see if you're able to slowly kind of wean yourself off of it and start using your fingers in your pleasure practice and see, just see what that could open up for you. Cause that could also shift what you do in the bedroom as well. I think mm-hmm. that's a good a good point to bring up because it is true that once you start using a vibrator, that becomes the normal. Like that's what you want every time. And yeah, because it's so good, it's so yeah. fast. Like, yeah. oh my god, I've had incredible orgasms with my vibrators, but I realized like I want when you think about it, um, it's it's a disconnect too. Like when you're so our arms are an extension of our heart. So when you're using your fingers, you're connecting circular energy from your heart to your fingers to your vagina. Mm. One other thing that I want to talk about that relates to the self-blame is learning how to love ourselves after we've Mm. been betrayed or we've suffered traumas or had chronic pain. Um, This is also a bigger, huge topic learning how to love Mm. ourselves again but I think it's something that kind of on like a micro scale is just present in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. is we just forget about us like we forget we are the most important like we need to take care of ourselves we need to love ourselves we need to do what we want and I would say that a lot of us forget that Mm -hmm. how do we remember Mm. to not only love ourselves and to do things that show our self-love but 
how can we learn how to love ourselves again if we have been betrayed or I mean so many things Mm. big question yeah this is a good one so as I'm just tuning in here what came through was asking yourself what is it that you are committed to Mm. and this will help someone get clear on what their quote-unquote next steps could be to their self-love journey and it's a journey because it's not just like you arrive and you love yourself like I can truly say in this in this stage of my life you know I'm actually turning 27 tomorrow and so for the amount thank you so the amount years I've been alive in this lifetime like I can truly say like I love myself and I know that there is 1000% a next level for me in that self-love journey. So it's taking a look at it like a self-pleasure practice, um, being gentle with yourself and doing things for yourself that nourish your soul. I'm all about like nourishment. So I love nourishing my body with great food. I love nourishing my body with beautiful experiences, you know, swimming in the ocean, nourishment. So asking yourself, what could I do today to nourish my soul? And if you notice resistance come up, know that that is actually normal when you are healing from something, whether it's a toxic relationship, a bad job, a bad living environment, or whatever it is, whatever transition that you're going through um you get to trust that a you know you are listening to this podcast for a reason Mm. and b that your self-love journey doesn't have to look a certain way and when you get quiet with yourself and you tune in and ask yourself a what am i committed to and B, what would nourish my soul today? And starting from there, mm-hmm. that is all you need to do. What does your self-love and, and self-pleasure and self-care routine look like? Mm. So my, my self-love and self-pleasure practice looks different every day. I wake up and I tune in to what my body is asking for. Sometimes that does look like starting with um, a gentle like breast massage with coconut oil, which I teach to my female clients. And it's so powerful. It's a really big heart opener. Um, It moves a lot of energy. It drains your lymphatic system. There's so many benefits. And that might lead to, you know, full on pleasure practice. It might lead to an orgasm or it might not. Um, other days I wake up and I feel like I want to get out in nature right away. So I'll just walk down to, um, you know, to the water here and swim in the ocean. Other days I feel like I want more movement and I want to get up and do my yoga practice. Um, and then even throughout the day. So let's say I have anywhere from two to four calls a day, whether it's, um, my personal one-on-one clients or like my own mentors and coaches that I speak to. Um, I will typically always carve out space to, you know, make a really yummy, nourishing meal, Um, go to get lunch with a friend. I will take an hour out of my day to go, you know, back to the ocean or just sit and breathe. 
um, having those spaces of time for myself is personally like absolutely necessary um, for me to hold space for the people that I do Mm -hmm. and the amount of energy that I'm holding on a daily basis. I also think that, yeah. I was just say, I feel like honestly, my commitment and my devotion to feeling nourished and being energized and, you know, honoring myself is it's throughout the day. Yeah. It is a daily practice that I devote to. And some days, like, of course I wake up and I have, I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling off today. And I have a heavy day and a shitty day. And so that's why I love, you know, bringing myself, forcing myself. Sometimes I have to force myself like, okay, get on your yoga mat, Hannah, and move your body for 20 minutes and just see what happens. And more often than not, I'll be able to work through the heavy energy. Mm -hmm. I also think that once you make it a practice and a commitment and you commit to doing multiple things for yourself every single day, it becomes a habit. It becomes easier Mm -hmm. and then, you know, every day you're waking up and you're like, what do I want? What do I need? What am I going to do for myself today? I know if I go to my yoga mat or I take a walk or I go for a swim or I make myself this great breakfast or whatever it is, it's just how can you show up for yourself? And the more you do it, the easier it will become. And, and yes. in turn, the, the better you'll just be. Yes, 100%. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you're not going to have hard days. There are some yeah. days where I'm like, Ugh, like I'm noticing I'm not doing the things that I know usually make me feel good. What's this about? And I'm someone who's done a lot of work on myself over the last eight plus years. And so I'm highly self-aware when I fall into, you know, a little pattern of self-sabotage, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, just not trusting my intuition or not doing my my practices. And so I take a look at that. I'm like, hmm, okay, what's going on here, Han? Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to myself and, yeah. and, then, you know, sometimes you need to call up a girlfriend and, and do some inner reflection work and say, hey, okay, this is showing up for me. Can you support me with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one last yeah. thing I want to talk about, I mean, that we might need to do a part two because I have more questions. <laughs> but yes. today, the last thing I want to ask you is, can you give us insight into how we can slow down in our day-to-day life and just have more patience and kindness and go through our days with ease and not fall into the go 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 trap that a lot of us do which actually really I don't believe is helpful yes I would love to and Honestly, just as you asked me that question, I took a really big, deep breath. And I feel like that is the start of the most simple answer that I could give you. People might overlook it and, you know, kind of toss it aside. But coming back to your breath, and that doesn't mean that you have to sit and meditate for 30 minutes in silence. That could literally mean going outside for less than five minutes, three minutes even, and touching a tree and taking a couple deep breaths and breathing in nature around you, getting sunshine on your face for five to 10 minutes a day if you can, starting so slow to 
commit to presence Mm -hmm. because the reason why we are in a society that is fast, fast paced and, you know, with COVID and everything going on, I think it's really had people reassess how they live life and how they view life. Um, And I feel like it's kind of forced a lot of us to slow down. And so my invitation for someone would be know that your breath is the most powerful thing that can help you slow down and calm your nervous system instantaneously. And sometimes we don't always remember the beautiful earth that we live in. You know, I I feel like I'm really connected to nature. And um, when I go outside and I, like I said, touch a tree or just get the sun on my face, there's just this instant calmness that happens. Mm. And so if you notice, you know, you're working home all day, you're in an office all day, like do your best to take those five minute breaks, those increments to connect to your breath and get in nature. I love that. And it's funny because my dog, I have a golden retriever and she's laying here right next to me. You may have heard her snore because she's sleeping. But anyways, (laughs) she does this thing where she'll like do these deep sighs and it's so funny because it's when she does it it's literally a reminder to me to like take a deep breath like she literally goes like <sighs> like that and she'll just like do that random times it. throughout I've the day do that yes like so precious mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god okay Hannah take a breath like breathe you gotta breathe and yes. I don't know I at least for me something that I like have noticed forever is like I literally just forget to breathe like obviously I'm breathing but like yeah it's not not like right exactly I'm not mindfully like breathing and focusing on my breath and relaxing my body throughout my day and I think that you know if you can remind yourself or have your dog remind you or whatever it is to Mm -hmm. to just breathe it's Mm -hmm. like it, it really can change the course of your day so true so true I you know once in a while I'll I'm pretty big on my stories and I'll just pop up my story and I'll just take a video of myself and take a really deep inhale and I'll just make the caption pause and take a breath with me. And oh, I love, yeah, love I love it. when you do that. Uh-huh. I've <laughs> yeah. seen that before. People love, they're like, thank you. Thank you. I needed it. And it's so simple, but it's so easy for us to forget. Yeah. So yeah. So if people want to to, to remember to breathe you can definitely check out my instagram page yes go follow han on instagram i <laughs> want you to give all of your resources and where everyone can contact you um but if you had to give one piece of advice last last piece of advice to everyone listening what would it be oh my gosh so many things i could share hmm <laughs> <laughs> I would say with everything we've talked about today, the biggest thing coming through right now, as cliche as it might sound, is to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself through all of the ups and downs that you might go through on your personal journey. Trust yourself in relationships. Trust your voice when it wants to come through. And I always say, when you speak from your heart, you cannot go wrong ever that's amazing I love it thank Mm, you thank you yeah you're so welcome what are some resources that you have to recommend Mm, yes so 
one coming to mind is a book um, primarily for women. Men can read it also, but I don't know how much they'll enjoy it. It's called uh, Pussy, A Reclamation. And it is all about pretty much everything we spoke about and how, you know, the feminine power is really um, rising and kind of coming back online. And it will help women really reform their relationship with their entire body and especially their yonis. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this book. This is kind of one of my introductions to, you know, my deep healing around sexual shame. And then the other resource I have is a podcast called Orgasmic Enlightenment by a woman. Uh, her name is Kim Anami. And she is, like, if someone thought that I was out there, she is way more out there <laughs> and just incredible in the work that she does. Um, I mean, she teaches, she's a holistic sex coach and helps helps couples and does, you know, in-person retreats. Um, and she is all about helping women similar to the book, you know, really heal and have, have those deep, amazing life shattering orgasms. So she's definitely someone to check out. So cool. Thank you. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to check both of these resources out. Thank you. Thank you. And last but not least, where can everyone contact you, follow you, access your courses, everything? Yes. So I would say the best way to follow my work is through my Instagram. And that is at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A underscore Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N underscore. So I know it's a little long, but hopefully we can post that somewhere. Um, And that's where I will share, you know, I share a lot of my one-on-one work, um, upcoming workshops that I actually have in the works and, um, you know, any free guides and online trainings that I do um, all through my Instagram platform. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing all of this information that, I mean, I learned so much. I know everyone listening is going to learn so much as well. And I genuinely think we need to have another conversation because there are so many questions I still have that I want to ask you. (laughs) Yes. I know. I feel like we just hit kind of the first layer and it was such a pleasure speaking with you um yeah i hope that everyone really enjoys this podcast i hope you take away something good that you can apply to your personal life to your relationships and yeah it was such an honor thank you So Hannah is offering all VHive listeners two amazing free giveaways. The first is a sensual healing meditation, which will help you drop into the present moment with your body and experience deep intimacy with yourself. The second is an Awaken Your Pleasure consultation call, which essentially is a 30-minute call where Hannah will help you discover the number one thing getting in your way from expressing your desires, getting clarity on how to access more pleasure in your life, and setting up a game plan to have a life filled with intimacy, pleasure, and sensuality. To enter this giveaway, leave a comment tagging two friends on the Beehive's Instagram post from today, and the winner will be announced via DM next Wednesday.